Do you want to scream? This is the perfect place to scream. You should do it, but tell me first. I'm not going to scream. Do you want to cry? No. You're around trees. Do you um, want to punch me in the face? I will allow it once. No. It's the money maker. Well, it's all I've got. My hand, I meant. Oh. <laughs> Beat the sun. What song is that? Sunshine Anderson. I don't remember what it's called. Tap my shoulder. Thinking you gon' get you some. Smelling like some fragrance. I don't even. You must know that. I don't know it, but I love that when you get into a recording booth, you want to sing. I love that about you. Well. How come you're not looking me in the eyes? Because I'm really trying to remember what the fuck it's called, and it's going to piss me off. If only there were a phone in front of you with a Google search engine. If only, if only the woodpecker cries. The bark on the tree. Why do you talk about about woodpeckers so often? You remind me of one. I think it's because of your tenacity and your grace and how early you fucking had it all before bro so i need you to realize that there's a microphone in front of you and it's directly connected to my ear holes you must know this I love that. Good. Okay. Well, I started recording a few minutes ago. I got that. Yeah. So. So, should we start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Lana. That's not right. <laughs> so you have to start because it goes L-M. A-O. Go on then. Do we say hello? I think you say, hiya, I'm Lana. And I say, and I'm Montana. And this is. Okay. Hiya, I'm Lana. And I'm Montana. And this is... I have no milk. Lana and I are in person. We're touching each other. Well, we're not, but we could if we wanted. Reach out. Reach out. Touch me. I'm not going to do that. Well, I want you, listener, to know that we're together in this booth. You sound... (laughs) You sound the least excited about anything you've ever said. Any ever in life in the entire time that i've known you i'm nervous that this episode's gonna be shit like they're all shit but then they end up being good why would you say that because we can edit it out i really need you to listen to murder most Hydrish. it's so good they're so funny they're everything will never be here's the thing the minute i listen to anything with an irish or northern irish accent my accent changes immediately we watched dairy girls for about an hour can you pronounce the name aaron for the listeners no. Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Um, yeah. To be fair, so did I. Well. It's the, it's like the, what do you call it? The lilt. Mm-hmm. So I found out recently that I'm pretty Irish, you guys. It's like 26% according to Ancestry DNA. And, uh, the, the entire rest of me is British, turns out. <laughs> and, uh, Lon and I were going to see... A man by the name of Andrew Hosier the other day. Not for coffee, for a concert. <laughs> we did not have personal plans with the man. <laughs> but there's still time. <laughs> We're hoping to get him on no on an episode. I would simply disintegrate. I would wither into dust. He would be able to inhale me. That's how like fragmented I would become. Um so we went to a concert, but beforehand, Lana was like I used to be a makeup artist, you know. Can I do your face? Why and do I- you make me sound like the stepmom in Parent Trap? Meredith. <laughs> Meredith isn't British, first of all. But she's got that tone, like that bitchy tone. I didn't... T- Anyways. Well, what other tone am I supposed to do? You're not like... You're not- do an impression of yourself. Go on then. I used to be a makeup artist. Do you want me to do your makeup? So one of Lana's tells is that she shrugs her shoulders when she's lying through her teeth. And so she's just constantly (laughs) shrugging and trying to smile at the same time. It's like seeing a dog walking its hind legs. No, she was like, sit on the toilet. I'm going to do your makeup. 
And I was like, perfect. So she started doing it. And then in the background, we were listening to Hosier to like prepare. I don't know how to explain it, you guys. I had this in deep in my gut, this welling, this welling up. I felt ancestrally called to what I'm not quite sure. Like it wasn't English and I was so moved and I felt called and I just, well, I proceeded to weep. While I was doing your eye makeup. Yeah. So I just had like mascara running down my face, like all after she'd done all the foundational bits. Foundational? I, sure. Why yeah. not? It was really not annoying as well. It was. I wasn't sad though. I just couldn't stop weeping. I mean, I didn't see it. Lana saw it. I wasn't looking in a mirror, but I heard it was pretty pretty intense. It was the most annoying thing that you've ever done. And that's quite the feat, frankly. What is your deal with feet? It's not spelled the same. Well, it feels the same. First on the docket. Well, I'm here. You're here. So we should probably talk about the fact that we are like face-to-face in 3D. We're here at the Mill Valley Public Library. If you are a Bay Area-based person or creative, it's a really cool space. Um, It's free. You can book two hours at a time. They have all the equipment set up for you. There's a really nice dude named Franklin who will not let you drink coffee in the booth. Let me repeat that. But he will sort of show you how everything works. And it's nestled in the Redwood Forest. Yeah, it's incredible yeah there's some really big beautiful trees around 10 out of 10 really yeah i kind of just want to go outside and lie down on the floor yeah which is saying a lot well just because you don't like love outside i like outside as long as it's flat right yeah we've met a few hills one hasn't liked but besides that never met a hill i have liked frankly i have to burp and i don't know when it's coming <laughs> so <clears throat> I can't help it. I think it's a nervous thing. I think you do it when you're nervous. I don't think it's a nervous thing. I think it's just who I am. Just a perpetual throat clearer. Mm. Like Meredith from The Family Stone. That weird throat clearing thing she does. Yeah. She was insufferable. So are you. But I was rooting for her. Like throughout it. You know, like I'm happy that she got with the brother. Spoiler. If you haven't seen The Family Stone, pretty sure it came out in 2004. What have you been doing? No, not 2004. I think it was like a 2006 situation because Rachel McAdams is in it and I think 04 was a notebook for her. That was her big thing. Why do you know that off the top of your head? 2004 was the greatest year in cinema. Shrek came out. Um, (laughs) There's some really, there are actually some really good really good movies that came out in 2004 do you want to know some of them no I, I have I have a running list on my phone of course you do I don't think there will ever be a soundtrack to any film that is as good as the Shrek soundtrack Parent Trap no Parent Trap no okay well we can Shrek make... shits all over the Parent Trap do you want to know some movies that came out in 2004 go on Shark Tale that's a good one White Chicks mm, well uh The Seed of Chucky Shrek 2 came out in 2004. The Polar Express. Heard of it? What do you mean, heard of it? Really, really iconic movie. A Cinderella Story. Oh, I like that. With Chad Michael Murray and... Hilary Duff. Yeah, Love of My Life. Ella Enchanted. Never watched it. HP3. Harry Potter? Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban! 2004. Scooby-Doo 2. Monsters Unleashed. That is. Uh, Who is that? 13 Going on 30 great movie oi i was thinking about that yesterday that's so weird why dodgeball one of devon's favorite movies she quotes such niche quotes from it like really really random ones also in that movie justin long gets hit in the face with a wrench it's like the highlight of my life sometimes i just watch that scene over and over again okay um let's hope justin long never first daughter with katie holmes where she plays the president's daughter oh that was shy do you remember my date with the president's daughter no. Such a good movie. Girl Next Door. What priest Oh my god. I love that. Okay, let's move on. The Notebook. I was right about that one. Yep. Fifty First Dates. Great film. Oh, so good. Mean Girls. Yo, Rachel McAdams did Mean Girls and The Notebook in the same fucking year, bro. Yeah. You know... The range on her. You might be onto something with this whole 2004 business. No, 2004. Infidelity. Didn't see it. Euro Trip. 
um no just like really really good the grudge oh god the machinist christian bale is the grudge the one that was like uh, is that that one i think so saw no oh just like the original saw my sister used to make me watch that movie over and over and over again and i it like haunts me in my dreams at least thrice a week taking lives which is not my favorite angelina jolie movie but the poster yeah that'll do it if you weren't gay before Mm. you're gay now Mm. uh just a lot of really good woman Catwoman with halle berry came out 2004 like it was a good year man on fire have you seen man on fire with denzel washington dakota fanning yeah so good you had me at shrek too frankly the butterfly effect like these are iconic movies even if you don't like you know what i mean they're just mm-hmm. ladder 49 remember that one with joaquin phoenix where he's a firefighter no well it's sad and i won't tell you why but i think you can put two and two together usually when i do that i i, I get five well i robot that i only watched that recently cruel intentions <gasps> three. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know there were three. I didn't know there was more than one. Yeah, me neither. Cruel Intentions. But the Born Supremacy. Mm. Come on. The And those are just the thrillers that I mentioned. Like, 2004 was Mean Girls good... was a thriller? No, no, no. The the last few. Okay. Yeah, just like a lot of really good movies. Lion King One and a Half, where Timon and Pumbaa really get their, their perspective on the, the whole thing. One and a Half? Yeah, yeah. It came after two, but, you know... It's not linear. Isn't it? Jack-Jack Attack. It's oh, is the, that The Incredibles? From Jack-Jack's perspective. That's giving fan fiction. Oi. Balto. Never three. Watched, never watched it. Balto, even though he was a boy dog, it somehow was my gay awakening, I think. There's a lot that we should unpack. I was so attracted to Balto as a kid. I can't watch films with animals. Because you get sad. Yeah. He was a dog sledder. I do think that they... Well, he was like a dog that pulled a sled. I do think that there were a couple of dogs that went to dog... Fat Albert. Well. Uh, what are we talking about today? Well, the fact that we're in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at one another creepily am, as we speak. Am I different than you thought I'd be? <laughs> You're creepy. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's pretty impressive. <laughs> From a distance. I was pretty creepy too, from a distance. Yeah. Um, you do keep insinuating to all of our friends that we see that... All three of them? <laughs> yes, all three of our friends that we have seen. You do keep insinuating to them that I am in love with you. I insinuate that to you every day because it's true. I'm not so sure that it is. I think everyone's a little in love with their friends. If you're not a little in love with your friends, like... Why have them? We played a card game, which was diabolical, firstly. It's called What the Fuck. That's the <laughs> name of the game. I highly recommend playing it I, with I, people I not. not in your family. I, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the questions was, name something you recently stole. And without missing a fucking beat. <laughs> one time it said, <laughs> love is hot. And everyone just looked at me and I was like, no, no. I, now I have to defend myself. Here's the thing. No one thought cannibal. Everyone thought love. No one thought like... Something you stole? Yeah. Cannibal? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen Legends of the Fall? No. Okay. Well, spoiler alert for that 1994 film starring Brad Pitt. His little brother, Sam, goes off to war. Plot twist. He dies. Okay. He dies. Is that a plot twist? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's where the plot turns... One may even say, twists. The movie's happy before that and sad after it. So Please make your point. Yeah, yeah. So Sam dies and Tristan, his brother, can't save him. And he was sort of, he was raised by his dad, but he was also raised by another man who worked on the ranch who was a Native American guy. And he taught him a lot about spirituality and stuff. And so Tristan cuts out Sam's heart to like, release it so that his soul can like be free um but he cuts out his brother's heart but it's like a good thing so that his soul can rest and not a single person really took that into account when i said that that i stole your heart (laughs) (laughs) it's a good thing 
is what I'm saying. Like, it's the ultimate friendship. That's... Like, they weren't in love with each other, but, like, his, like, his brother stole his heart. Okay. It's basically we're brothers. I did suspect with your ancestry results and the fact that we are apparently both from Denmark. So, you're here. What has been the most surprising part or, like, a, like noticeable parts uh, of America? You've been here before, mm-hmm. but it was a long time ago. Yeah. Where were you before? Well, I've been to New York a few times in the last few years, but I haven't been to, like, California since I was a kid. Yeah. Is that how you remember it or it's different? No, it's so different. Like what? I don't know. It feels... There are more trees. There's there's more trees now than you remember there being. Yeah, but maybe I just didn't really care about trees when I was a kid. Yeah, also plant more trees because there's definitely fewer trees. We've had a few fires. Well, I did think that. But Also, ha- mm-hmm. something not really about America, but more like about you as a person. Oh, goodness. You... You... You're... You're in your head rather a lot aren't you where i live and breathe bitch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you'll start something and then you'll start another something and then you'll narrate the first something that you are starting while doing a third thing and then miraculously none of them get done none what do we call it a miracle well i think it's quite a skill because to be telling yourself what you're doing at the time of doing it and still not get it done that's talent that takes work thank you you're welcome i think what you're trying to say is that i'm unmedicated for my adhd and that you're seeing it Mm -hmm. happen in real time in front of you yes does it inspire you does it are you afraid of it like what's what impact does it have on you i find being my roommate now i find it wholly entertaining okay so i'm just a show to you yeah 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 thanks for being honest dinner and a show what can I say? It's great. I, I just, have been cooking a lot. You have. You tell made, them. Oh no. Tell them about that good ass lasagna I made. I was gonna tell them about the soup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win them all, you guys. It was good soup. Mm, good soup. It was good soup. It was really good the soup. The fact that Parisa sat down and said, mm, "I love a bowl of chunks. <laughs> I love a bowl of chunks." Listener, it was a cream-based soup. Supposed to be smooth. You, yeah, okay, you... I just, I used an immersion blender instead of a stand-up blender because I didn't want to clean another freaking blender. Valid. So it had some texture. Big whoop. It was also quite spicy. I like it hot. I don't know why I whispered it. It just came out as a whisper as it was happening. You're so (laughs) creepy. I don't mean to be creepy. Um, Okay, let's give a little bit of context. Like, you're here. Why are you here? You're here... Because it played a trick on you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so we were recording an episode of the podcast and Montana said, can you get our calendar up in front of you? And I was like, sure. And then she was like, oh, can you just like check this date for me? I just want to see like what we've got going on. So I had a look and it said, Lana and Montana going to see Hosier at, I've forgotten what it's called. The Hollywood Bowl. The Hollywood Bowl. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I think I said that a few times. I think I sounded like that TikTok sound. Maybe it's not TikTok. Maybe it's older than that. Anyway, you know what? It's like, what the fuck is this? Anyway. Um, and so this bitch bought tickets for us to go and see Hosier in an entirely different country from where I reside. And then I got flewed out. <coughs> Except some, some would call it flown. No, flewed. Have you never heard this? Only in the land of fireplace travel. No. Flued. Yeah, it's slang. Not here. It is. No, I don't doubt it. But your slang is quite different than... No, no, it's where it originated. It's here. Anyway, moving on. Usually it's for rappers that fly out groupies to have sex. This was more like... Am I the rapper in this situation? (laughs) (laughs) This was more like, let's go see Hosea platonically and then you can cry. So I'm not complaining. They are my favorite things to do. Also, when I was on the flight, I had the whole aisle to myself. Yeah, that was clutch. I slept for four out of the 11 hours. Proud of you. Thank you. Same. Not super confident your jet lag's worn off yet. You've been here for a week and you still wake up really early. It hasn't been a week. Has it? You got here Wednesday. It's Monday. That's not Five a week. days. It's mm. a work week. Well, I wake up early because I'm a human. I try to wake up early. You but get, You get mean when I try and wake you up. That's not true. I really don't. I was in a bad mood this morning, but that wasn't because of you. Your words are nice. 
and your tone is scary. And is so, it really? Are you saying that for like comedic effect right now or are you being truthful? Are you going to cry? No, I'm not going to cry. I'm not a little bitch. I, I need you to ignore the fact that my voice just quivered when I said that. I think I'm pretty pleasant when I wake up. I just don't like waking up. So I'm like, I'm, but I'm not like, I'm not mean. I don't have a bitchy tone when I wake up. You have a... You don't have the best tone when you're waking me up. I'll tell you that. That's not true. I brought you coffee twice. Okay. And I said, do you want to, do you want to get up now? Maybe? And start the day? And you said, no fuck off i fucking hate you and was it at that point that you physically pushed me a grown woman out of my bed or was that before because it happened (laughs) but you can control the narrative was it before or after no one saw it how would they know we were going to talk a bit about what it's been like these meeting online friends in real life Mm -hmm. what that's been like long distance friendship in general i feel like in this day and age people probably have more friends scattered around the world or country in terms of there's people move more now people live in different places and they grew up and um with the ability to like keep in touch in real time being but you do okay so a year ago today i started a book club for fan fiction i will be honest but we do read some like books too and it started as me saying on tiktok i'm gonna read this thing does anyone want to read it with me And people replied, and they did. So now, one year later, we're a Discord server of roughly 80 people, and we all know each other very well, and we are all genuine friends, and it's grown into something that's kind of incredible, and something I'm very, very grateful for. Um, But Montana sort of started a bit of a trend within it, about six months or so into the coven. Well, it's called the coven. And she began to write letters and send postcards to people who were willing to give their address to this total stranger across the Tinterweb. And I thought that that was such an interesting way of like communicating with friends that you don't live near because I haven't personally received like a handwritten letter since I was maybe like seven and that was... Well, we, we, let's not go into it. So, um, I, I, I asked for an old man to be released from prison. He should have, he, I don't condone like prisons as a rule. That man probably, you know, he was rightly placed. Let's move on. Um, who is the letter from though? The prime minister's office. What did it say? Just summary. Thank you for writing. Um, no. Yeah, unfortunately, he is staying where we've placed him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do they call it? Serving the Queen's... They say something. Oh, I can't remember. Queen's honour or some shit like that. Working for the Queen means like being in prison. Yeah. Anyway, so you started this trend by accident, really. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know it was happening. And now, six months later, so many of us, send like mail to one another and it's like it's not just letters it's like gifts or books or like handmade things like book binds like there is this incredible like sort of mini culture we've all created where we just find little ways to drop some love on each other rather than just like sending a you know a text a text or a photo or like a message in discord it's it's kind of incredible there is something about holding something physical that someone else made or someone else touched or you know it just it involves a little bit more thought remember when I wrote you that first letter and I was like I wasn't insecure but I was I was honest about the fact that I know that it might freak you out Mm -hmm. remember Mm -hmm. this this has happened to me a lot in my life where like how I show love platonically or otherwise it's usually it's usually platonic. When I when I see something and I think of someone, I let them know whether it's I buy something and I send it their way or I send them a postcard or I take a picture of it and I send it to them and I just let them know that I'm thinking about them. And I've always sort of gotten this sense, at least from my friends or just, I don't know, being young, you know, and you, the worst thing you can be is like too open or too vulnerable or like share too much. And that just always seemed to be like too much for people. Um, and so 
I think as I've been trying to understand myself more and like accept more like well if it freaks people out it freaks people out and I guess they're not my people sort of thing because I it makes me uncomfortable to like think of someone and not let them know like it's just how I show it and I think it just comes off really romantic which I guess it is it's always been my favorite thing handmade things things that are sent and I think I've talked to you about this before like I've always written letters I'm the youngest of three and my older siblings lived out of the house when I was quite young and a lot of times the only way I could communicate with them was through letters especially being little you know you don't have a phone but even as I got older writing letters was the way that I stayed in touch with like two of the people that were closest to me in the world and so you know putting in little friendship bracelets or little things in there is just sort of always how I came came up in it and I had an, a lot of my like aunts and cousins moved away pretty far away from me when I, at that same time that my brother and sister left and so writing letters to my aunts and to my cousins is how I stayed in touch with them too and my dad always was like if you want a letter send a letter that's you know and when you're a kid the only you know mail you get is like fun mail now we all have bills and shit but yeah the post is scary yeah now it kind of isn't yeah because if you know you might get something from and even just like the stamps from other countries are cool like the fact that someone licked that envelope like I don't know it's it's very human the way that people are able to connect with each other but yeah I didn't know that I was starting that trend I just personally enjoy collecting postcards and I like sending mail and I like writing letters um and I never really do it to get something back Mm. but you know I'm always shocked when I do it's it's a good feeling but yeah, today is the one-year anniversary of that book club, and it's a really beautiful space. I was invited into it probably three or four months after it was created, and I didn't really have any expectations about it. I originally just popped in there because Lana was reading this fan fiction called All the Young Dudes, which I asked her, begged her, groveled, bullied, bullied harassed um, her to read, and she invited me into the group because they do this really cool thing called campfire where it's really just people tuning in from all over the world um to listen to someone read a story out loud and this story I really liked and so I tuned in for it and we would you know get together and read a chapter and you know geek out on it and it was really fun but then there's lots of other channels in there that are really awesome a place for you to vent or for you to brag about the good things that are happening to you or just share what you're reading what's going on with you um it's a it's a fun heartwarming place most of the time all the time really especially I would say if you live by yourself and maybe you don't have like it feels like it would be something that would have that you would have created during COVID but you didn't yeah (laughs) you know um but it's like a way for you not to isolate like there's a lot of like I can get pretty indulgent in my depression and I live by myself so I can just like avoid everyone and head under the covers you log on to the server and you see like someone's in the writing room and they're writing a story or someone else is celebrating something in a different channel and you go in and it's kind of like someone's always home you know is what it feels like which is really comforting if you live by yourself or you live far away from the people who make you feel like you're home so Happy anniversary to you. Mm-hmm. One year. Thanks. You're welcome. And the thing about long distance friendships is, um, I don't know, like they don't, how, how, why do you, do they feel different to you? Yeah. Like I, I know a lot of times in our little friend group, a lot of people say real life friends or online friends, mm-hmm. but now the lines are kind of blurred. They are, especially because so many of us have met up. But also, like, something that I've noticed is people are willing, maybe this is, like, not a nice thing to say, but often people are willing to share more of themselves with someone who isn't standing in front of you. So you learn so much more about one another in these long-distance friendships, and I think it's so much easier at times to, you know, tell someone your deepest, darkest secrets because they're not in the same room as you and it just feels a bit like a safe place and the nice thing about that is like when you do or if you do meet up you already know all the stuff 
You already know all the scary bits. And... Yeah, they, they already love you. Yeah, they still want to see you. They still want to hang out with you. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. It feels really different than, like, dating online, though. Oh, my God. Hellscape. I don't know. Like, there's obviously, like, da- like dangerous things out there. Like, scams and catfishing and a lot of that. Um, people trying to steal your money mm-hmm. or whatever. When it comes to, to friendships or online communities. But, like, for the most part, I would say that's not true. And also, like... There's a dude in my hometown who, like, swindled all his neighbors out of their money. And that man looked all those people at the face at the dinner party. You know what I mean? Like, it, people can um, people can let you down whether they're online or in person, you know, in terms of trust and relationship and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think that the friendship between online people or long-distance people requires that you meet in person to feel to feel closer? Or do you think... It doesn't matter if you ever meet. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't think it matters. I think it depends on the friendship that you have. Yeah, there are certain people where it's kind of like you don't have to talk every day. And when you see each other, whether it's, you know, six months, a year, two years, three years, you just sort of pick up where you picked up because that friendship wasn't wasn't based on like an everyday routine sort of thing. It was just like who you are, your values, your vibe. I'll have love for you wherever you are um I'm lucky to have quite a few friendships like that where I would say we probably have one really quality phone call maybe once a year and we don't text very much but that person it means the world to me and whenever I'm tangentially in the same time zone you know we both will make pretty heroic effort to see each other I'm thinking about my friend Ryan I'm thinking about my friend Travis I'm thinking about Tessa and Hannah and just you know it's sort of I think those are what we were talking about that age like I became friends with all those people between the ages of 18 and 22 it's such a formative time I'm a very different version of myself than I was then I would say different things freak me out different things don't freak me out but sort of the core of who you are what your values are what your worldview is and when we get together what I love is that we're not just talk like we're not just reminiscing the past like we're talking about our lives now and moving forward it's not even though it was a friendship that was created a long time ago and we don't see each other very often it's not just like we get together and rehash old shit like it's still new and dynamic as opposed to some friends if I I'm not talking to them very much. I just lose them, you know, like I lose track of them and it's hard, it's harder to get back. Yeah. I've had friendships that have like struggled because I'm not very good at replying on WhatsApp or like iMessage or whatever. Yeah. So the people that know that and are just like, no, it's literally fine. I know that if I need you, you'll be there, etc. And then when we do speak, it's like nothing's ever, there's been no time. I'm so grateful for people like that. Because I currently have about 180 unread WhatsApp chats in my in my phone. And I mean, I'm not going to open them anytime soon. Does not mean I don't love you. Just means my brain is braining. It can be like a tricky line to walk when I know that like how my mental health issues manifest is such that like I, I will isolate and I will avoid people. And I'll be by myself because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm currently in a like good enough place to talk. And some people totally get that and they don't make me feel shit about that and I don't have to do an apology tour when I come back, you know. And then other people, they take they take it as a real sign of disrespect and I understand that. I do. Like, I know what it feels like to be on the other side of it, to be trying to get a hold of someone you love and then you haven't heard from them in a cool minute and then you start to wonder, did I do something? Like, I am I not important to this person? Like, you can really go to a place. And so I understand why people feel that way too, but it it is harder. Like when someone, I think when someone is wanting you to respond to them or be a person that they need in their life in a certain way and there's pressure there, it doesn't make me feel inclined to connect. It a lot of times pushes me further away and a lot of that's on me, you know, but also I try to have like a lot of grace for for people not responding because you just never know what people are going through and you may not be someone that they're leaning on to talk about it with and that's okay um this podcast is categorized under comedy so i'm gonna need you to tell some jokes okay all of the jokes i know are offensive so i have some notes go on i told you about how i was cleaning out my car i was cleaning out my car and i found seven unpaid parking tickets and two thousand mexican pesos 
Mm-hmm. I don't live in Mexico, for the record, so I don't know what to do with those. Don't know how I, they got there, either. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a complaint I have. Oh, good. I hate the trope of music, like whatever theme this is, of men singing about women who need a man to tell them that they're beautiful, that like they don't actually, they're, they're unaware of how great they are. Um, like how much they love a woman who uh, hates herself. That's like the basis of the song. Like that song that was like, you don't know you're beautiful. And that's what makes you beautiful. It's like, oh, okay. Oh. That's kind of concerning. Um, or like the Bruno Mars song where he's like, you're amazing just the way you are. And talks about how like she doesn't actually know that. It's like, thank you. What would I do without you? Mm. Um, what a shame I don't have mirrors. I don't know. I think it. I think it gets into that whole like good guy thing. You know, like, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good guy, Savannah. Um, a good man, Savannah. But, like, that sort of, like, soft... Quinny in her song calls it a soft boy scam. It's, like, I think there's such an image of, like, what, like, predatory men are or look like or talk like or sound like or dress like or wear or whatever. The self-proclaimed nice guys are the most insidious of the fucking bunch. Yeah, like, there's a real sinister thing there that I don't like at all. And I honestly, I would rather listen to, like, the most misogynistic, honestly violent music. They always have a really shit sense of style as well. Have you ever noticed that? Nice guys? Mm. We're talking about nice guys that aren't actually nice, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I just don't like hang out with a lot of men. I I can I <laughs> genuinely could not name you one man, other than like people that I've met online. My friend Ryan, but he's not nice. Like he's he's genuinely a kind, good man. I honest to God thought you were gonna say something else then, because you were like he's not nice. He's honest to God. A c- and I was like, where not in America, this? not in America. Where is this going? I don't know. I'm obviously not feeling super optimistic about dating right now. What gave it away? Probably the tone. Mm. Also, because I can see your face so like in HD. What does it look like? Not, not, not happy. Pretty sad. Well, Lana. Yes. If the past week of your life were a playlist, what would it be called? Okay. If my week were a playlist. This is going to sound worse than it is. Um, I would call it flights, sights, and inappropriate drug use. I understand the first two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we went to see Hosea and... Oh, I thought you were talking about me. I'm like, when did I... No, no. No. No, no. We went to see Hosea. It was incredible. Where was it? Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco, California. Amazing venue. First time I've actually been to a concert, like, not in england or like when i lived in northern ireland for example um so it was he was unreal like he is such a good would you say unreal no no don't do that don't do that let's not i won't interrupt you again i'm sorry thank you he was incredibly tall sorry yes so tall it comes as a shock every time how that man is a tree he's enormous his hand is the size of an entire baseball field is well okay sure sure our friend parisa has many thoughts on that man's hand let's move on though because let's move on there is not one like radio program show anything that hasn't sexualized the ever-living fuck out of that man no i know it makes me wholly uncomfortable me as well i think it's gross sorry andrew not sure that was less creepy. That's his first name. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Inappropriate drug use at a Hosier concert is just bizarre to me. Everyone knows Hosier is strictly for standing, swaying, and crying, and thinking about your life, and also maybe fan fiction. You can also lie on the floor. I don't recommend it in public, but like it's a lying on the floor sort of bop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like not once have I listened to like work songs and thought, do you know what would go great with this? Cocaine or LSD. Well, yeah. no, no, probably not. Probably not. It is LSD. Like that. I. It's anything you need. Like anything you can need can be found in, in the that. music. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he had to stop the show like five times. Yeah, like fully like started songs and cut it mm, because people were obviously making use of inappropriate drugs. 
Yeah, they needed either they were passing out or they were falling or they like really needed assistance. And at first it was like, maybe it's just hot like up there. And then I'm like, we're at Bill Graham. This isn't like mm. some insane festival. Like, right. um, and he had to stop it like five times to make pe- sure people were okay. Um, and like getting water and like medical attention. Um, and we were talking to our friends, Aaron and Priest, and they were saying like that that's just becoming a more common thing at concerts. I hadn't experienced that before like i've seen videos of it but i tend i tend to like go to shows of like well like hosier but like mini hosiers like little like folk artists and like banjo players and like soul music like i tend to see honestly music that not a lot of young people go to i would say the show with the youngest crowd and i'm not saying only young people like use drugs irresponsibly so but i would say that the show that had the youngest people the youngest crowd was probably lizzie mcalpine because she's so young Mm. um but then i went to teddy swims and xena delphia opened and she's like 22 she's so good but teddy swims like the age range like the demographics of that place were so diverse like lots of different races ages like body types like people were there for a lot of different reasons which i think is a testament to like who he is as an artist like he crosses genre a lot um and there wasn't like a massive amount of phone use there mm. you know like i don't like seeing a crowd and like it's just all cell phones of many little like i get you're excited to like be there and take a video and i, I take videos too but like ray la montaigne for example i mean that was like a set like everyone was sitting it yeah. was a sitting concert and like if one person's flash went off like the whole place would like turn and look because it was like very unusual i think it happened like twice and when i took those videos I press record it had no flash and I literally held it to my chest so that nobody could see it um that was my stomach did you hear that <laughs> bro I'm so hungry we haven't had breakfast I know. had like three quarters of a bite of a donut um but yeah I, I tend to go to shows just because I go to so many with my dad as well where like you know the only drugs people are going to be on are like mushrooms and they're just going to be a little giggly like no one is you know losing it Mm. um or like requiring medical attention at these like folk shows that i attend utterly bizarre so weird i can't understand if you're going to like odessa or like you know like some like yeah i I don't i don't even know what i'm doing like edm like yeah the instance but like think i'd give up like come on like <laughs> for a can, study it's not the time to take ecstasy you're gonna get off your head to like i'm starving darling i don't know um the other cool thing that i thought was really fucking cool he uh talked about this song that he recorded with mavis staples called nina cried power and he talked a lot about the similarities and like the direct influences between the American civil rights movement and Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland. It's hard to say. How do you say it? Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Like the tongue work involved not to like, not to fuck it up, you know, is a lot. Anyways. Um, he talked about how, um, I don't know how much he admired like the peace talks and diplomacy between, nations and encouraged a bunch of people to call their representatives which i thought was cool very cool and i think it was important for him to say that in san francisco because i mean nancy pelosi still is jury's still out on whether she supports a ceasefire or not but i'm sure i mean you saw him in july and he didn't sing nina cries power you know he didn't know so i think that's also intentional the set and the sort of vibe he's going for um and like i mean tongue-in-cheek he was like oh who knew that you'd come to hosier's show and hear about politics because he is such a political per- like yeah. he doesn't say that he is but he's the person who's like a really deep thinker deeply philosophical and people ask him questions and he answers them according to his values like i think i think it's really interesting that he has so many interesting things to say he has such incredible knowledge and thought-provoking opinions and people will still ask him something sexual something so shallow yeah that i mean 
it's really sad because like the the interviews I read the most right like the reason I even attempted to read freaking Dante's Inferno is because of Hosier and how like I've always been so interested in what art is influenced by what other art because it's such a tree and you could go back and back and laterally into so many different genres and types of art that were all sort of inspired by the same story or the same you know it's the only reason I would ever read the bible is just because so much art has come from it so many so much music so much story um and what he's able to the music he's able to create even even if there were no lyrics it would sound like a like a journey like waking up from sleep and really being really awake and then being afraid and being sad and then coming to some type of resolution like the music sounds like that and then you add the lyrics and it's just packed full of so many references not only to Dante's Inferno but like really specific places in Ireland and really specific words for things in the historical context of shit you know like what other album talks about like Jonathan Swift's satire and Dante's Inferno and then also like a forest floor like Mm. I love how Irish he is on this album yeah. Like, you can really hear it. I feel like he was a little bit more American-sounding in some of his previous songs, but this one, like, that lilt is lilting. That, and also just how how much he sings in Irish. Mm. And, I, and I wonder if he was, like, at all nervous to do that before, because he talks in interviews about how, like, he took 12 years of Irish. I don't think he, like, spoke it at home. It's, like... Not a massive amount of people still do. Yeah. And there's, like, massive, like, language revitalization projects that are happening in terms of, like, retaining indigenous connection to language and having people still speak it and learn it. And he took 12 years of Irish and his song to someone from a warmer climate, I don't know how to pronounce the Irish title of that song, but it translates specifically to uh, a type of coldness that only water brings, like a stone in a river. It's a specific type of cold that only like water can do to an object and how much how many words in ancient languages are about the natural world and how much of that is lost not only as we lose language but as we lose nature Mm -hmm. um and so the fact that like an interviewer would sit there and be like so how do you like the name forest daddy it just feels like it cheapens so much of the art and i know that he has to do all these tours and he has to do all this stuff but, like, if you, I don't know, I just feel like if you want the answers to anything Hosier has to say, like, fucking listen to the music mm-hmm. and listen to people who interview him about, like, the books that are on his nightstand. That was my favorite interview where that, where he was just talking about his favorite books. But I'm also a nerd, so. But that's where all that art comes from, is what he's reading and what he's observing and seeing. And that interview where he's, like, someone was, like, so I feel like there's a lot of, like, hope here. Like, do you feel optimistic? And he was, like, about the world? Mm-hmm. I don't feel optimistic at all hope he was like i don't believe things will get better but i I think he said like but i believe in people yeah and i agree with that like i mean he like also goes hard on like critiques of religion too Mm -hmm. obviously but like even everything that's going on right now there are so many people that are helping Mm -hmm. there are so many people that are sacrificing everything they've got and distancing themselves from power and privilege to help people who don't have it or who have been robbed of it um with absolutely no personal gain yeah often to their detriment and to their you know they risk their safety to do that um free palestine (laughs) basically montana yeah if your week were a playlist yeah yeah what would it be called? Now I feel like you've rubbed off on me and now there's only rhymes in my head. Good. Um, the ever-moving moat of clothes. I can see how you, how you got there. Yeah, so basically my friend Hillary is amazing and she does my laundry like every week. Uh, her daughter Leah likes to put the soap in the machine and I'm like, you go for it. That's really helpful to me um (laughs) i 
yeah she has a house and she has a washing machine i do not have a house or a washing machine um and she keeps telling me it's an easy chore for her to do and i'm like i'll keep believing you um but no it's really awesome i go over i walk her dog sometimes and do my laundry and um we brought it back i had a lot of loads to do because i was traveling i was in dc i was in new orleans i was in los angeles i was going all over the place and i had not done any what, what do you call it washing washing i haven't done any washing no washing um before lana got here so i had all this laundry and um hillary washed it for me which was amazing and then it was dry and it was in my house and lana folded it which was fucking spectacular but i have not gotten around to putting it away well we've been busy too busy we've been too busy we've been very busy um but so it's folded in like probably like seven different piles i would say more like 10 and then and then it while we sleep the washing is just a sort of moat around the bed because I don't have a very big bedroom. I feel very protected by it. Yeah, it's like it's it does feel like a bit of a fortress wall. <laughs> and then during the day, well, we've stopped doing this, but usually then we put the the washing on the bed mm-hmm. so that there's a uh, increased likelihood that it will get into a closet or a dresser. It never does, and then when we need to get into bed, we just put it back on the floor. Yeah, I personally like routine. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Shout out to Therese, my therapist, who encourages me to build healthy habits. I'm seeing her at three, so. Maybe don't mention this. The podcast. She listens to it, you know. No, no. I meant the clothes. Oh, she gets it. I showered today, Therese. <laughs> um, any other notes we have? I've gotten another message. <clears throat> I have some more notes. Whenever I get an email, I hope it's about the podcast. Because remember, we got two really cool podcasts. Um, we have, we got two really, really kind emails from uh, Charlie and Sharon. Shout out. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of messages, actually, from the last episode from so many people who could relate to, like, what we were talking about and who have just been having a good time with us and it's like if you could see the way that we like scream at each other on facetime no i'm so serious i have printed these emails out i i borrowed someone's printer to print out these emails and i keep them in my car um i feel like they're gonna keep me safe on the road that's how i feel about it Mm -hmm. we've shed some tears yeah um so whenever i get an email i hope it's about the podcast and it's usually about the weekly discount code at this japanese fried chicken place that i'm a member at by the lake well that's also good yeah it's always like oh man oh yeah like that's yeah, yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. response to it oh this one this is a note i made in the throes of being like really stressed out um it just happens so rarely yeah i watch an underwater live stream of an octopus when i'm stressed there's this camera that people have put like in the ocean where this octopus hangs out and he just like is going about his life like chilling just like bloop 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 and like collecting shells and stuff um and it's like i highly recommend it the two things that i listen to or watch when i'm like really stressed out or i can't sleep or i'm just like my head is going a million miles a minute is i watch this live stream of this octopus or i listen to this story called blue gold and it's narrated by stephen fry uh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, youtube yeah, yeah. It's about lavender. And I swear to God, if you listen to it, you can smell the lavender and you'll go right to sleep. So that or read a textbook on the history of the American healthcare system. That's how I fell asleep in college. Mm-mm. I had it by my bed and I never got past page three. <laughs> Before we wrap up, there's an artist that I really, really love. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I talk about him a lot. His name's Taylor Ashton. Um, I'm pretty sure he uses he and they pronouns, so I'll probably use both banjo player canadian super talented um just came out with an album that he recorded like on the road like on a cross-country road trip so if you listen i would imagine listening to it on vinyl is pretty fucking cool oh amazing um but i love him he opened up for the wood brothers i saw him a few times in california he's just like the way that he plays the banjo is really cool and his voice is unreal so good and so i asked 
I didn't ask you. I just told you you should go see him because he was having one London show in this like dingy yeah. pub. Should I say dingy? Was yeah. it dingy? Yeah, it was dingy. It's called the Slaughtered Lamb. Mm. But it was like fun dingy, not like scary. Yeah. And um, and he had like an opener and stuff too. Yeah. Can't remember the name. We'll find it Um, of that guy. But he was really interesting because he kind of told a story about every single song that he sang and made the most British jokes I've ever heard in my life. But the venue was like incredible because you walk in and it's just like a bog standard London pub. And there was like a acoustic guitar player just like singing covers and whatever. And then my friend Jem, who came with me, um, I said, Gemma, I, I believe actually the Taylor Ashton show is is downstairs. And she was like, fuck, so it is. So she climbed under the table and went down, down the stairs to check. And the guy who worked there was just watching us eating a burger and laughing the whole time. Um, anyway, so we, so we made our way downstairs. We were the first people in there because we were like half an hour early because we were so fucking keen. Um, the room was set up with tiny little tables. It was a tiny, tiny room, like the size of like a living room or a bedroom. And it was set up with like teeny little tables with candles. There was a the smallest stage I've ever seen in my life at the front of the room. There was maybe like 15 people in attendance and the room was like full. And I've never been to a show like that in my life. It was the most, like we were just like talking back and forth as he performed these songs. It was unreal. Like I... I will probably never see anything like that again. I'll never go over that. So fucking good. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, For those of you who are Lake Street Dive fans, um, Taylor Ashton is married to Rachel Price. They just celebrated the birth of their first child. Um, And yeah, I mean, she's a jazz singer. He's a banjo player. Just They've recorded quite a few songs together, actually, as well. Um, If you're looking for like a cool, I don't know, ethereal bluesy banjo i don't even i feel like genres are so melded together these days but just really good music um some of them are sad some of them were written while uh under the aid of uh drugs skeletons by the sea is the one i'm thinking about which is pretty cool um beauty sleep is my current feel good one right now um I've no, I've really never related to a lyric more when he says, I need my beauty sleep eight hours a night, seven nights a week, mm-hmm. or I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. But he sings it so like, do, 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 do. Yes, um, so cheerful, that tune. It is really cheerful. The other songs are really good. Nicole's one of our favorites. Oh um, my God. I was wearing the t-shirt that you sent me in the first ever like mail that you sent, the Montana mail. It was not the first ever mail. That it I was, sent. was it not? Postcards. Oh yeah, but that was... Was it in the same thing all the band posters yeah i forgot about that one okay so the second one you ever sent me the the first let's call it like lumpy mail i ever received (laughs) if i said that you'd make fun of me and i'm not gonna do that thank you you. (laughs) was a t-shirt from when you went to see him and it was the nicole t-shirt which is like my favorite song anyway when he started to play that i was sat there in this room of like less than 20 people but you forgot about that didn't you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i screamed i screamed with my phone out i panicked and everyone behind me laughed um because i was obviously sat at the front were you the only one wearing taylor ashton merch yeah he was quite surprised yeah but he was <laughs> but he was like hey cool shirt and i was like thanks it's yours <laughs> Well, the cool, also the cool thing about all his art is that he's an illustrator. So he drew all of that. Um, He draws his own lyric books. There's a lot of illustrations that are just for sale on his website. Um, I think on Bandcamp as well that you can check out. Um, We're going to get kicked out of this recording booth. But before we go, if you want to follow us on TikTok and Instagram, I have no milk podcast. We are there. We love any and all messages. Anything you got to share with us, we love to hear. If you have... Uh, if you want to send us an email, our email is I have no milk podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we respond. It might take us a while because, um, well, there's an eight hour time difference between the two of us, and we like to do things together. So we got to hit that sweet spot where we're both awake. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to send us physical mail, don't do this. You can roll it into a scroll. Oh, this is new. 
No, I changed it. If you want to send us physical mail, you can write us a letter, crumple it up into a little ball, put it inside of a straw, and spitball it into your nearest, um, what do you call it? Post box? Mouth. Mouth! Just kidding. Um, no, just holler at us. We're around, and uh, we love to hear from you. This episode wasn't super funny, but it was super special, and we're happy to have done it with you. Yeah. Well, till next time. Till next time.